Hello and welcome back to the After Ellen podcast. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief Jocelyn McDonald, and today I'm joined by Sophie Santos. Hi Sophie, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh man, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be having this combo uh, today because Sophie just wrote a book. So Sophie's a, a comedian writer, and um, you may be familiar with her work because she currently hosts the, the show The Lesbian Agenda. Our readers may be familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very serious show, by the way. It's very serious. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of work that we're doing, um, like trying to cast Rachel Weisz in every lesbian movie until she becomes a lesbian. So I'm, oh my God, I'm so here for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, where do I, where do I sign my membership card for the lesbian agenda to get Rachel Weisz and her, um, incredible acting skills to become a lesbian? Um, well, we have done, um, campaigns in the past. Um, <laughs> so, um, we have done change.org campaigns. Um, so we, oh, man. maybe we need to do, we haven't, she is the white whale. Um, we are trying to take it. We're trying to do baby steps because we don't want to, you know, we only scare, I, her, off. scare her off. Exactly. Right. Because then you run into the lesbian predator trope also. And we're not, we're not trying to be predatory lesbians, no. but like the fact is Rachel, like you are clearly at least bisexual. Something's going on here. Nobody, nobody like is like, uh, you know, let me spit in your mouth, baby, and and isn't gay. Like, right. that, that's not a thing. No that one's happens. forcing her to take these roles. No uh-huh. one is. Uh-huh. I mean, we are obviously getting the scripts in front of her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is our job. Um, well, that's the agenda. That is the agenda. That's we, just piece one. <laughs> that's piece one. But she doesn't have to do it. Um, uh-huh. And sometimes we test her. Sometimes we'll like throw yeah. that in there, and then we'll throw some sort of like. You know, we we did throw in Marriage Story with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, which she said no to, but then she did um, The Favorite. So we're just like, okay, so... Oh my God, right, right. Um, which was right after Disobedience. And I... Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying... You know, we're trying to give her options, um, but it just seems like she's choosing her own path. And I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, I think she's going on her journey, and she is, and, um, and we're a here for it. journey, clearly. <laughs> a, sapphic, a sapphic journey that we have a little bit to do with, um, just a little bit of credit, so. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so so in addition to, to all these great projects, Sophie just wrote this memoir, and it's called The One You Want to Marry and Other Identities I've Had. And it is coming up um, to its launch date. It's coming out on October 1st. Yeah. In just a couple of weeks from when this was recorded. I'm kind of curious because you are, um, your, your book is 340 pages long. And I'm just like, honestly, um, that is, that is like, uh, humiliating. Well, no, it's like, I thought thought you were like 25. I'm like, how the hell has this chick lived long enough to write a 340 page book? Maybe you just like have a, a you know an old soul, but this book is action packed, and Thank you, you have a very long memory. The book goes back to your early childhood. Yeah, and I'm, honestly, I'm just like impressed when young millennials or Zoomers—I'm not actually sure how old you are—but can write a memoir of any kind of substance. I want to keep it. I want to keep it. Such um, life experience. 
I want to keep it a mystery. I want to keep the age a mystery. Mysterious. Um, hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, cause I think that, I think that only helps. Um, but, uh, we all love mystery. Um, yeah, I know it's, mm-hmm. it is humiliating that I wrote that much. So it's weird because I was like really nervous about hitting my word count, which was 75,000 words, which basically is kind of like 200 and change, maybe like two mm-hmm. thirty. Um, don't quote me any authors okay. who are like scolding me and they're like, that's not right. But, uh, and I was so nervous. I was like, there's no way in hell that I'm going to get to that. And then as I was like halfway through the book, I was like, I've already hit my word count. And I'm only seven. <laughs> <in book time. laughs> I'm only seven. Wow. Um, and we actually cut a hundred pages. I think we cut 150 oh pages. God. And, um, but I just felt like, I know it's long and I hope it doesn't scare anybody. Um, but I just felt like there was just so much that happened and there was so much of like how I came to be and how I really came into my own. And especially with like the parts of me being in a sorority or like, you know, just like even just my being realizing that I'm gay and things like that, or even just like the, the, um, the layering of the anxiety and the OCD and the mental health issues I felt like if I would have just glossed over it, um, mm-hmm. it would have been thin and mm-hmm. like metaphorically, <laughs> but also like, I feel pe- like people would be like, Oh, she just held back and people don't like that. Um, yeah, you got to unpack things. Man. Yeah. And I felt like I just really had to unpack it. And I was like, well, it's kind of a long story, but here we go. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm glad that you, that you went through it and, and people who are reading it seem to be like, yeah, I read the whole thing and it was, it didn't feel long, which I, I hope is the case. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out as you're, you know, you mentioned like anxiety and, um, uh, obsessive thoughts and things like that. And your book is full of jokes. It's a very funny book. It's not a memoir of like your, um, intense struggle, or if it is a, 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 a memoir of your struggle, it's, it's peppered with so much humor that it's not a difficult read. It's a, it's not a struggle for the reader. Thank it's you. Fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And I very relatable. That. So <laughs> awesome. I would definitely recommend it. Um, Good. We have a so, win. So uh, yeah. So I I'm I'm always curious. Like when I talk to authors, um, I want I always want to approach it the way I would a college lit course. And I'm like, let's do a deep reading of page two hundred and which I was horrible at. But okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. I don't want to give away any spoilers. And so I wanted to ask you, um, you know, the book is called the one you want to marry and other identities you I've had. So let's go through some of the, let's give the reader some of your top identities without spoiling the fun of getting to know you through the book. Okay. All right. So that's on me. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think the first (laughs) identity, well, I was really obsessed with wizard of Oz And I think that's also like where the OCD started, um, which was really, I didn't think that this was like obsessive behavior, but I dressed as Dorothy to kindergarten every day for two months. And my mom (laughs) would have to like throw the dress in the wash every single night. And my, my dad was super concerned up until the point. And he's very stoic. He's a very stoic man that he was just like, you know, maybe something's wrong with her. And my, my mom was just (laughs) like, and my mom's super Southern. She's like, well, I guess if she's still wearing the dress, you know, her husband can deal with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, 
unfortunately my wife will have to deal with it. My future wife will have to deal with it. But, um, yeah, so that was like the first one. And then I think like the major phase, like, I think we could break it into like the top three phases because the book is Mm -hmm. in three sections. Mm -hmm. And the first section really deals with me just being like this tomboy. Um, I had a uniform that I would wear, which was, and I wore it and I I called a uniform because I wore this outfit and variations of this outfit every single day for about five to six years from ages like seven to 12 cargo shorts, closed toed Birkenstocks, tube socks, Hawaiian button-up shirts. My hair would be pulled back in a um, a very tight ponytail, death grip, like category five hurricane couldn't, couldn't make that baby come loose. But also it was part like the, it wasn't just like, oh, a ponytail. It was like I had parted the hair down the middle like a butt crack. I looked like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And I I wore that and I was just like this super like, I guess at the time, probably gender non-conforming, you know, was like mm-hmm. really trying to figure it out. Um, and I really like at the time and I talk about it, like I really felt like a boy and I really mm-hmm. wanted to, like, I, all I wished was like when I hit puberty that I would just like become a boy. And I connected, I mean, I really connected with girls <laughs> as, as friends as like, like really intense friendships. And I was always mm-hmm. close with like one girl but as far as like mm-hmm. who I hung out with, um, as far as like group settings, it'd always be boys. And I played tackle football um, with the boys. Like, you know, there was no, I don't even think there's youth female football leagues now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And so like, that was just like my MO. And then I hit puberty and uh, it was like a light switch and everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I had this estrogen flowing through my veins and I just like, you know, gave my, my uh tomboy clothes like an ice icelandic <laughs> send off <laughs> with a little flame <laughs> <laughs> and became um super girly and was involved with pageants and uh i mean i see your your eyes are like rolling like not rolling in the back of your head but you're just like it's just funny because i imagine you as this little girl who i feel like is very much alive and well on uh it, it amongst adult lesbians in the south like we've all like swiped on this chick on tinder she's got she's got like carhartts and closed toes birkenstocks or maybe crocs still and you know she's got like a trout in one of her picks and yeah, like no, she's there like, antlers on her truck and you're like yeah okay uh <laughs> this girl was obviously a lesbian <laughs> kind of amazing that she didn't know until later but yeah and then you hit puberty and are, are are morphed into another type of lesbian stereotype and i feel like it's the um but i'm a cheerleader type 100% 100% and I was like went for it I was in a I won I I won a pageant I won a pageant (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing (laughs) it's my Mm -hmm. crowning moment I did actually watch the footage back um during the pandemic just because I found like the actual footage of me winning and Mm -hmm. um I was so intense about it like I was like on my face you could see that I like wanted it. And like, you uh-huh. could see the faces oh, yeah. on the other girls that like, they probably 
hated me. And I just think that to me that I think is just, it's so fun for me to just relive, <laughs> but also to be like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, of course I wanted it. Like, cause I am very competitive, so it makes sense. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, was in a sorority at the university of Alabama. Um, and then from there I had a, uh, I would say a mental breakdown and I genuinely okay. mean it. Just a casual, <laughs> just one. a casual, yeah. just like, you know, low key, low key, low key in an outpatient facility for two weeks. Um, getting on medication, uh, really realizing that, um, you know, I have anxiety and I've always had anxiety, um, and dealing with OCD and, um, and then it was really kind of rebuilding from the ground up. And as I'm like rebuilding and, you know, myself and, you know, and having this, you know, identity crisis along the way, I, uh, I go to a summer program at, I, I become a camp counselor at, uh, the infamous Wellesley college. And at my weakest moment, I, uh, (laughs) encounter a person who, um, is queer and, become and and start to realize that I, that I'm also gay and queer and, uh, and crumble again. Um, (laughs) and, and then in the midst of all of that, um, you know, really kind of now realizing that that's been my identity the whole time. Um, but also, uh, and then becoming a New York comedian. So it's really a tale as old as time. It really Mm -hmm. is a story that we've heard. Um, it's in the, it's in the history books. Um, most people go through all of these phases. So, um, <laughs> that's pretty much, yeah, well, we've all, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in some way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I think the other thing that I thought was really, um, great, especially about the beginning of the book, you talk a lot about, um, your, trying to fit in, in you, you were, you, because your dad was in the military, you were moving around a lot. You, you, then your parents separated and you were trying to get settled in some more. And in, in all of these cases, you had this hybrid identity of your father being a um, Filipino and Spanish background and your mother being a white woman. And so trying to, uh, there's just this really evocative passage about like being honest, be, taking a standardized test and yeah. having to choose what your race is yeah. uh, for, for whatever reason on the test and being asked white, not Hispanic, Hispanic, not white. Yeah. Wait a minute. Asian. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely struggled with, I definitely struggled with that. Um, cause I wasn't really sure. Um, I didn't really know what I was and Mm -hmm. um, I was just basically was like, Oh, I'm an other. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, that's, well, that was really the first time that I realized I was an other and that there was an other box and it was just the easy way out versus like check the other box versus really trying to embrace or really figure out like what I am. Cause it was like really Mm -hmm. hard for me to kind of wrap my brain around it while also being in this like kind of shit show circus of moving, picking up and moving every other year and just trying to figure out who am I right now? Like, who am I as a nine-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as an 11-year-old? And also figuring out my identity, um, like, like my, my racial identity. Like, that's like a mind mm-hmm. bug. Um, 
and I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but I'm so, yeah. Oh, sure okay. <laughs> I'm like, we didn't talk about it beforehand. I'm like cursing like Sarah Bareilles <laughs> over here. Um, it's a very niche, a very niche joke. She curses a lot. Um, I didn't know that. Well, um, she doesn't, it's she's very, fabulous. And it's so endearing. I went to her concert uh, when I was like 18 and she just like had like, and she is like one of those. Women. I thought you were just like close personal friends. Cause you're just like, well, okay. You know, yeah, Sarah yeah. and I, yeah, we both love cursing. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you for thinking that. Um, and maybe when she listens to this, she'll, she will want to reach out um, yeah. and answer my, my handwritten letters. Um, she's, she's gay, right? She's not. Kind of, she's not. She's not. She's not gay. It is difficult. Maybe a little bit, though. I, I think what it is. She has a lot of lesbian friends. She has a lot she of lesbian friends, but I do definitely think yeah. she's like that. That's kind of odd. It's odd. It's Well, you know what? It's good for her because then she's embracing the community. Look at her. He cares for the community. And it's another Rachel Weiss thing where you're just like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you do your thing, but you got to, you keep wearing the hats, you know, you keep wearing the Indiana Jones hats. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you, but it just feels like you are on our team, but I can't make that Mm -hmm. decision for you because it's not my job. And I I can't. realizing yeah, how how like unaccepting it may come off for me to be uh, projecting my lesbian <laughs> desire onto these heterosexual women, and and like maybe they just they they just have gay friends because they're so open minded. Yeah, and maybe we should just be like, well, that's a good. Uh, I guess that's good. I guess that's a good thing. I guess that's good. Um, but not everyone's a secret lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We do try to investigate. We always have Are our. They, ba- we have our little magnifying glass out. Mm-hmm. All yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I um. Where were we? My bad. We were talking about Sarah Bareilles and how much she <laughs> curses, and got, you I got asked so if it was okay to curse. I was like thinking about her for a moment. <laughs> yeah, like, she's fabulous. I just she's excellent at piano and singing and Broadway. Voice. Broadway, right? I know, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. But before that, before though, that, we. Oh, other being an other. Uh-huh. 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 Normally, <laughs> she I can bring, found it. She found it. Normally, okay. I can. I have to say, I like to think that I can bring it back pretty seamless. And so now I'm like, now I'm going to think about this all day. I'm like, wow, I really could have just brought that back, you and it would have been Sophie. Well, you know, you're not the one hosting the podcast. It's actually on me to keep track of where the conversation goes, and okay. I'm just going to blame being uh, all right. a I'll, little bit hungover I'll from. Like- uh, from a Tinder date last night. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Was it good? On my first Tinder date in Nashville. Yeah. Was it good? Um. Yeah. I mean, she was cute and kind and nice and okay. Um. Asheville is really cute. I'm happy to have moved here. Um. Oh, Asheville yeah, is cute. I think, yeah, we may see each other again. I I love Southern lesbians. I love a, a nice Southern accent. I definitely think this is a good town for me to be in. Oh, so, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you're in, you're okay. like, you're like, okay, well, I, cause I, and okay. I bet Southern lesbians love, I don't know where you're from, but just like, where are you from? Well, I'm from all over. I have a similar, I mean, my family is not military, but we moved around constantly too. So I think the most, the, the longest I was ever in any given place was four years. And usually it was more like two years. Okay. Um, and so I've lived all over the Midwest and the East coast and, um, I have mostly for the last like decade lived in cities, but I'm a country girl at heart and I'm happy to be back in the mountains. 
Okay. And mm-hmm. I think they like I think they like that that you're just like well rounded. You've seen the world. Oh, it's gonna yeah. work in your favor. I'm I, cosmopolitan, I but I'm down home too. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You should put that on your hinge. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you came up with it and there it is. Um yeah. Yeah, so I, um, so back to being an author. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's where we were. I, yeah, I was taking a standardized test. I was in sixth grade. And um, I also at the time was like, you know, really into my sixth grade teacher. Uh huh. And Miss Rast. Miss Rast. Oh, wow. Miss Rast. And she just, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that why I was like wanting to always be around her, but she just was like, she played hard to get, in my opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she thought that, like, I asked too many questions and that I needed to just, like, space out my questions because, like, I knew the answer to the questions that I was asking. But, you know, mm. I felt like that meant that she just, like, just wanted to take some time and space. And that's okay. But um, I, yeah, I'd always go up to her desk and ask if I could use the restroom and she would like not even look up at me, which again, hard to get. And her oh my co- gosh, I bet that was like torture. You're just like, how do I get your attention? Yeah. I mean, that's all I was trying to do. And she could, that's the thing. Think she, of me? Yeah. She could <laughs> see through it and she goes, yeah. I don't know. Can you? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> like humiliating. <laughs> I was like, may I go to the restroom? And she said, yes, you may. And still didn't look up. And I just grabbed the pass and I was like, okay. (laughs) This did not go well. This did not go well. But, um, she, you know, during sixth grade, we had a standardized test and it was like my first one. Um, and it's like, I think like the pre SATs or the pre pre SATs Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, again, because I was definitely always seeking attention, um, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. So okay. we're going through the standardized tests. And the first part is just filling out demographic information, your name, your age, your gender, um, your, you know, where your, what your address is, you know, obviously some of those can be difficult for some people, but for me at the time, all of those were super simple well, actually, the name part wasn't. The name part wasn't because <laughs> right. I uh, went by Elizabeth um, for the longest time just because my parents called me Elizabeth. By, they just called me by my middle name. Mm. Um, but I would have to put, like, my first name down, which at the time I didn't like Sophie. And so it felt too girly. And mm, um, wow. She was such a little tomboy. Yeah, which actually, Elizabeth. It's kind of hilarious because Elizabeth's like pretty effeminate. It's super effeminate. Like, think about like Pirates of the Caribbean. That's her name was mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Uh, any sort of Victorian mm-hmm. era. Um, yeah, like Queen Queen's Elizabeth. <laughs> Queen, one and two. Queen yeah. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say she's pretty curly. Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Um, Kate Moss. Kate Elizabeth Elizabeth. Elizabeth. It's probably an Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth. What's a, can we name a third Elizabeth, an effeminate Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Wow. I just keep thinking about Elizabeth the first, because she is, she at one point said that she had the um, heart of a woman, but the stomach of a king. Mm. You know, because she was brave. Yeah, of like, course. Or maybe it was the 
I don't know. It was something. She was a tomboy is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't remember what the exact quote is, but she was really. Uh, I like she that. Was, yeah. Oh, she she like led her armies into battle on horseback. Like hot. Tough. Yeah. Really hot. <laughs> Played by Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Let's in, in the movie. Of course. Like, of course. Who's another woman. <laughs> we've got to we've got to get her to come out. We've I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand with these straight white women. It's like all straight white women that are Who doing are married that. to like such Oh, I'm boring ass men. Like boring. Um, I know that. I know that Rachel Vice is married to James Bond, but like, let's be honest, he's boring. Like he's so boring, and you know that he works out so much that that's all he does. And yeah. is it because I'm a lesbian that I can't see what's attractive about him? Because I feel like usually, I feel like you should be able to tell objectively when someone is attractive. Like, his face is symmetrical probably i mean he's famous he must be he must be hot enough to like be appealing i just don't see how yeah. a queen like you know a rachel vice could be with a random like james bond i know i know and we his might name i don't even recall yeah daniel craig it's daniel craig oh don't worry. god that's such a boring name i know i Please. know I think okay, now who is Kate Blanchett married to? Because it's someone oh, so not boring. That I don't know. Why should just be Andrew Upton, who is I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I just googled him and he's not handsome. He's not. He's not cute. <laughs> Kate Blanchett is a goddess. Of course, it just it's, Andrew Upton is a goober. It never. It never. It and they never are. And they never are. Mm. But I. I don't know. But I actually think this is true in heterosexual culture, where and I know this from experience because when I was a sorority girl, like there would be the most beautiful, mm. beautiful like. It's the most beautiful Southern Bells that I had ever seen in my life. It was like their makeup was tattooed on their face. Like mm-hmm. it was like perfection. Or if they didn't have on makeup, you know, they could, they just like would wear their hair in a pony, a very loose ponytail with like, you know, like just like tied together by a string, oversized sweaters, you know, would just mm-hmm. like clutch their coffin for warmth. Effortless. Effortless mm-hmm. is, is exactly right. And then you, and then they marry these fraternity bros that are just like they they look like Tucker Carlson's, yeah, it's or like insane. Or like it's it, it's bonkers. Like last night, I was out and I um, I saw a man who was wearing actual pajama pants to the bar, and he was with exactly what you're describing this Southern Belle woman who who was like lovely. I mean, beautiful, radiant. And this man is actually in PJs. And um, I mean, I just can't, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't make it make sense. Yeah. And I don't, but I don't want you to break your brain over it because I think it just is one of those things where it just Thanks is. looking out for me. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I've been there. You have to accept in life. <laughs> I've been there too. And I am also of, of the nature of like, do I objectively, like, are they hot? Like, can I objectively mm-hmm. say that they are hot? And there was at one point where I was like, I didn't, I didn't even understand. I didn't understand the Chris Hemsworth thing. And then recently I've been just like, okay, which one of him is the Chris? Not Hemsworth? the one who dated Miley Cyrus. The one who's, the one who's so Thor. Many Chris Hemsworth. Thor. There's so many Chris's. He- uh, Thor. Okay. Yeah. And so you couldn't understand what people were thinking was handsome about him. And then I like, it's cause he's a meat, he's meaty. He's yeah, got like yeah. a meat neck. But then I like started looking and I was like. <laughs> Okay, I actually finally see it, and I'm proud of him. Okay, and I like okay. it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine no, with it. Which was the Chris with Miley? That was another Chris. Yeah, no, that was Liam. That was his brother Liam, who I oh. don't think is attractive. 
who I think oh, thinks he's God. attractive, but I don't think he's attractive. Wait, 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 wait. Those are two different people. Those are bro- <laughs> they're, they're brothers. They're brothers. Are they twins? No, they're brothers. No. <laughs> they look exactly the same. <laughs> I cannot tell the difference between them two in a lineup. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Well, white men. Do they all look the same to you too? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I will tell you who I do think is um, hot, and but not like not like in a, a way that I would have sex with with him. Um, right. But um, <laughs> that's a given. But that is uh, but is because he has lesbian energy, mm-hmm. which I think is, is which is big. And I think there are a lot. There are oh, yeah. definitely men who have like lesbian energy. Justin Bieber's and one hundred percent. And yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, tell me. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. He's so hot in a lesbian energy way. Wait. Oh, okay. This is so weird, but because this is so true. I've thought that so many times. Like, I see him and I'm like, you have a lot of bones in your body. Yeah, he's, in, he's very bony. Yeah. like And then, like, long, flowing, wavy hair. And I'm like, you... Like you're, you are just a soft butch lesbian that got lost. A butch, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> very no, he's a soft. I think he's, a, he's more of a butch. No, he's not a butch. Although no, he is a butch. I think he maybe he's, he's a butch. Like, he's kind of soft though. Yeah, he's, he's very soft. Soft. Well, I, and I think that yeah. go. No, you go. Well, you know how sometimes butches are their hard, their hardness or softness is um, not a choice of dress or behavior. It's just like the way they're born. Like you know, some people are like um, they're delicate because they have long wrists or something. It's like you can't you can you're ne- if you're a Shane, you're never gonna come across as a hard butch because you're like too wiry and um, slight to take up that much space. You're always going to appear to be a soft butch, no matter how hard you are in your heart. Right, I'm right. sorry to say, these are just, that, that's just the way you were born. No. It's the luck of the draw. No, it makes sense. Um, yeah. And actually she's very pretty. Like if you look at like Shane. Yeah. If you like look at she's her beautiful, she's like actually like a model, model beautiful. And it's like, it doesn't and seem like it. Teensy. But, and she's teensy. And she's teensy. She's teensy and slight. So like, it's just never going to happen. Like you're never going to be GI Jane, honey. Like you're just, no. And I don't think she wants to be, I think. No, no, not at all. But if she did, like, let's say that she was, you know, in her heart, a harder butch. It's like no one's going to take you seriously. Well, it's not your fault. And we should, and we're putting that into the universe, and hopefully she hears that from us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's fun though about Tim, about my boy Timmy? Um, yeah, please tell is, me. So I did the Lesbian Agenda, which is a show that I perform, which we talked about. It's a very serious show um, mm-hmm. about enforcing our agenda. Um, we're taking over the world, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, yeah. And they should, and they should watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're, we're already out there. Real. We're coming. We're already out there and they like, mm-hmm. people don't even realize like how much like we're out there. Um, for mm-hmm. example, so Timothy Chalamet, um, you know, is promoting his new movie Dune, which I'm very excited about. And he of course is a fashion, becoming a fashion icon or he is a fashion icon. Yeah, for sure. And he has been upping, um, his rings and the amount of rings he has. and oh, That's such a lesbian thing to do. And, to wear, like, rings on every finger. That, and, I'm sorry, but that's lesbian yeah, culture. Yeah, and re- exactly. And ring culture is our culture. And that is... Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, and, I, and I'll state it here on this podcast, that that is because of the lesbian agenda. 
Um, And so he upped his lesbianism. He's always been a lesbian because like he when he debuted that, do you remember the mechanic suit that he wore to one of the premieres? You you can also just like Google it. You can just like Google Timothy Chalamet red carpet mechanic suit. It wasn't actually a mechanic suit, but it literally looked like it was. Or uh-huh. it just looked like what your local diaper. Oh, he looks fantastic. He looks definitely like a yeah. He like your local diaperista like gonna... is like pour, making you a yeah, like nice cold brew. Uh huh. And and maybe also volunteering to change the oil um, in Which your motorcycle. Both are lesbian, and so he already right. came out as right. a lesbian exactly. in that moment. And then mm-hmm. with the rings, I'm like, it's really like there's a lot that's happening. Um, and then whatever he wore, I follow what he, you know, I love his style and I, I do, I mean, I'm not a twig, but I do like to like, look, I'm like, Oh, what kind of like sweaters he like kind of like, what's the vibe? You know, that's, that's my fashion sense. That's what I like Mm -hmm. to, that's what I like to, to aspire to be. Um, and so he wore to the Met Gala sweatpants I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just do a quick Google. Which is so lesbian. I'm like, and uh, like, he did wear sweatpants. <gasps> it's just funny because I actually yeah. know of um, this very fashionable butch woman who made athleisure a thing like at least three years before other people were wearing handsome sweat, sweatpants. But like, handsome sweatpants are a thing. Yeah, I have athleisure. Yeah. I wear, I have. At one point, I had a very expensive pants. I mean, I very expensive version of very expensive sweatpants. I actually had to return them because I realized that they weren't worth what I paid for. Like, I'm definitely down to pay for good quality shit. Sweatpants. Uh-huh. And sweatpants. And sweatpants. <laughs> but I just was like, it was already starting to pill after the first day. And I was like, mm. no, 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 honey. It can't be pilling after the first day if I spent, you know, $100 on these. These have to be like really durable. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, no. yes, it can't be just the name. So I returned. So I returned. And I'm still mm-hmm. looking for my like really nice. Well, I guess I do have I do have nice sweatpants, but it's just like I'm still looking for like the ones that are like oh shit. As there are issues, you know, as she as I make myself a third person like walking down the street. Like, no one's looking here at here. She comes. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I oh, do no, have. They're, they're like wow. I do have a these pants of authority. Um, called, yes, a moment of authority. That's what I want to feel when I walk down uh, the streets. Um, I, uh, I do have these pants though called Bowline. They're these, they're called Bowline Ultra Tech Pants are from Lululemon. Okay. And they are essentially just a step above athleisure. Oh, they're fantastic. And they're the best things that I've ever had. I have two pairs. I also have the shorts. Um, and that's all I wear during the fall because mm-hmm. you can, you can dress it up. You can dress it down, um, while you hold your, you know, they've got excellent pockets, excellent pockets, excellent mm-hmm. pockets, but it's not like, like, these are great. They're like a combination jogger slash slack. It's like a jogger that looks more like a pant. Exactly. You can't really tell it's a jogger, but like in quarantine times, you, you may be resolved to never wear pants again. These would be the pants for you. Yeah, so I'm going to, I'm, Lululemon, if you're out there, <laughs> give me a cut. <laughs> She's ready for a sponsorship. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Please. Um, wow, we really, we really we've went been all over the place. We've been all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, and I do have a list of questions to ask you. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I did, so, um, 
I wanted to, to return to the topic of shame. So in your sure. memoir, you, um, you refer to shame a little bit because you, you are, you were ashamed at one point in your, or life. I thought the thing is I want to differentiate. I thought I was ashamed, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is worse. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's unpack that a bit. <laughs> you thought you were ashamed because you were like a Lothario or like a little Don Juanita. Yeah, I thought I, ooh, spicy. I was a little spicy meatball. Um, yeah, I just really thought, like, I finally was, like, kind of getting my swagger, I, or what I thought mm-hmm. was swagger. I look back on photos, and it's horrendous. Um, but I definitely was, like, really starting to get some confidence, and mm-hmm. really was, I thought that, you know, and I was watching The L Word, which was me learning about my queerness, um, and I was watching it religiously and I was like, well, Shane is so cool. And Shane's just like, it's to sleep with someone new every single night. And I'm not realizing mm-hmm. this is like a TV show. Yeah. Um, also like she didn't have help. She wasn't in a healthy place doing any of those things. She was very emotionally unstable and she fucked up a lot and hurt a lot of people. But to me, yeah, I was she like, was the original fuck boy. She was the original fuckboy when I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, but this sounds cool. Like, that makes me look cool. Which now, of course, I know that being a fuckboy is not cool. It, yeah. So Surprisingly. You, <laughs> you know, uh, were you watching this? Uh, were you watching the L Word when it was coming out? Were you, like, oh. illegally downloading it on Kazaa late at night? No. No, no it wasn't. What's, okay. What's, okay, wait, what? So you're a little younger than wait, me. Wait, what's Kazaa? What's up? Kazaa. That was... Oh, Kazaa? Like, Nap- it was, like, Napster oh, or okay. any of the other illegal... Um, downloading places. Wow! But huge. When when I was a lass, when I was a young closet <laughs> case, I would be downloading the episodes, and it would take like twenty four hours to download an episode, and I would have to hide it from my mother, obviously, who could never know. And so, yeah. just just to get the download done, much less getting to the watching it part, and then you're watching it, and you're like on the edge of your seat, just like I feel like I'm going to explode right now because I have. Uh, no, no, no actual desire for any of these people. These are not real people and they're not well-written, but also like, I want to be and fuck everyone on the show right now. Like, how is this? I I love how you, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to say, I I just love how you were like, you were intelligent enough to be like, these aren't real people. They're not written. Well, I wasn't there. I was like, Mm. uh, I am, I will, I will somehow date these characters, this is not a TV show. <laughs> this is real life. Right. This is lesbianism. From your little town in Alabama, <laughs> you will you will be launched to the West Hollywood <laughs> lifestyle and only date models. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And be the shame. And yeah. be the shame. That's what I thought. I was like, well, it's yeah. going to happen. Um, I wanted to fuck the shame. I wanted the shame to pick me. Um, mm-hmm. But, but like, as with any Shane, I mean, you're never going to get picked. That's the thing about being wanting Shane's. You're just never going to get picked. Right. And I couldn't, at one point I couldn't tell, do I want to be Shane? Do I want to have sex with Shane? Like what's going mm-hmm. on? Um, and then now I know I have the wherewithal that like, I was like, Oh no, I just wanted to be Shane. Um, because then I really was, and I'm not trying to like throw it back here. Cause I know we have a whole new series and there's a whole lot going on in the new series that, um, can't is, wait to touch on that. 
very hot. Um, Jabet, <laughs> uh, I'll just say that. But oh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's, ooh, it's hot even saying Jabet. Uh, and I really, uh, you know, I'll always love Carmen. And I don't care oh, if people God. if people are mad at me for living in the past. I'm not going to forget about it. I will always love I'll Carmen. never get over it. I will never. <laughs> I'll never get over it. I can fucking engrave uh, Carmen and Shane on my gravestone. God damn it. I know. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you're like in the new series then. I do. I, um, yeah, I do. I mean, I like the season. I like the second season. Um, I think a lot better than the first. I think they were just. Interesting. Fascinating. Uh-oh. Hot take. I think they were laying the groundwork, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really here for anything Jennifer Beals does, and yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. and the her and Gigi is is I don't want to spoil this for anyone, but like so we'll say we'll be present is too much for me mm-hmm. to handle, and mm-hmm. that your tiny brain's just gonna dribble out of your ears. <laughs> it already has. I've already right. lost my You're brain. Yeah. And she's just like so, so hot. It's mm-hmm. just too much. And I no longer look forward to the Shane sex scenes, although we don't really get a lot right now because she's just like, now she's like the dad of the group and is an old grumpy mm-hmm. grand. Well, she's like the grandpa. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's reformed and doesn't need to have sex anymore, which we know that's not <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's about to explode. And, um, but I'm, so I'm really more invested in, in what, you know, Bet's doing and mm-hmm. Bet's sleeping. I with. think we all are just because she is, uh, Jennifer Beals is unreasonably sexy. It's not, it shouldn't be legal. Um, <laughs> there's probably, there's probably an ordinance somewhere, but everybody, I think in the lesbian community agrees that, um, that is the meanest and rudest and worst partner and also the best reason to watch the show. She's so fucking hot. And her Beals is out of control. I myself am an Alice and I always have been, but I've pretty much exclusively been interested in Shane's and Beth's like just ruin my life. Just honestly break my heart, destroy me, cheat on me, um, treat me like garbage. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, I've, I've done like a lot of drugs. Um, I've, I'm trying to like, you know, meditate, uh, sure. become more spiritual so I can grow out of habits like that. But like, yeah, I would say I'm not, I haven't been looking for a carry. I've definitely been looking for a uh, Shane at, yeah, even a, of course. even a Gigi, like even a Gigi. Yeah. yeah Gigi. Fuck me up. <laughs> fuck. Just fl- slash my tires. <laughs> just make me, I want to walk outside and be like, Oh, well she slashed my tires. Okay. She really cares. She really cares. I love that's your first response. Um, She cares. What? So you know why they're not bringing Carmen back? No. Oh, you haven't heard of this? You're not. You're not in the what? uh, A word? Internet forums, I guess. Why does she not want to do it? No, she does want to do it, and she's put it on her social media multiple times that she wants to come back, but the showrunner won't have her come back because her character is Mexican-American, and she, in real life, her heritage is, um, oh, what is she? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, so, 
um, her mother was born in Spain to an Iranian father and a Spanish mother. Oh, she's an other. Oh, so, so she's got a hybrid identity too. Her and so I can relate. I, what I don't, I don't understand is, um, that, you know, uh, America is a melting pot. She wasn't actually Mexican. She was uh, Mexican American, you know, hybrid identity. So like the actress has a hybrid identity. Clearly it's not the exact same hybrid identity, mm-hmm. but, um, her character, her, the actor is not what's supposed to be giving us the representation. It's the character that's supposed to be giving us the, in the same way that, um, you know, uh, Jennifer Beals is not a lesbian, but we still get we still get lesbian representation from seeing her on screen because right. her character is, and yeah. I just feel really ripped off by this personally, me personally, because Carmen is the hottest and Carmen Shane <laughs> is Endgame, right? Like, don't you I mean, think? I we mean, do. I do. We do see. I, I do still see Carmen and Shane ending up together. I mean, I think it's so. It's so which is psychotic I, because she like she ruined her life. She left yeah, she her at the did, altar. She did leave her like, at the altar, horrible. and she doesn't yeah, deserve to be evil. with her. Yeah, that's truly. it's truly evil. Um, but Shane has changed, and that's the whole point of Shane becoming the dad. That's the whole point of the yeah. story, right? Like Shane has changed. I actually think I actually do think Ben and Tina are going to end up together again. Okay. I I really feel it happening. I don't. And that's wow. Not, Even with your Javette. I, yeah, I mean, it didn't really like it was hot, but like they're not gonna. It doesn't. It's not a. It's not a thing. You and also you can't. You can't have two tops in a long term. Oh, well, really interesting. In take. a long term, for the rest of your life, you're gonna be fighting over who's gonna fuck. I don't who's agree. Who's gonna run the fuck? I don't agree. Tell me. Okay. I don't agree. Okay, I think right. lay it out. I take. think that two tops can work. I think if you're too verse, if you're verse, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, cause like mm -hmm. I've only been in serious relationships with other tops, but we're also verse Mm -hmm. and you know, it opened up verse. Are you top though? If you're verse, can you be a top? I don't know. Mm. I just feel like it opened up. I was always like, I'm a top. I'm a top. I'm a top. I'm a, I'm a top. You don't have to say it enough times to make you believe you're a top. And then there, yeah. then there'd be moments where I'd be like, Oh, wait a minute. Cause I, cause like when I've dated, when I've dated women that were exclusively, um, I didn't, you know, bottoms, mm-hmm. it got boring. Oh God. Yeah. It got really boring because I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, but then I'm never going to get like that sort of just like rush of being like thrown up against a wall and like, you know, being take, like, you know, taking me to town. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's why uh, I think oh, like girl. two top, two tops are actually, are, I do think it's possible. And I, and I, I know it's possible mm-hmm. and that's, well, I and I, I, I will go up in front of a, um, a speech and debate. Okay. Team great. For yeah. this. I mean, this is definitely an important part of the lesbian agenda. And we really need to put, lay out our platform clearly because how are we going to get everybody to understand that? Oh my God. You know what? I just realized this is, this is going to make me cry. This whole Oh my God. This is not really happening to me. Is my it not plugged in? Not plugged in. Oh no. I have an excellent microphone in the, in the computer, but yeah, this is not, this is not plugged in. Wow. 
So, so kind of want to kill myself right now. So now you just had a mic in front of your face. There is something plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> it's not this, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a microphone. But don't you take me more seriously as an interviewer when I have a giant, like, really professional-looking Yeah, honestly, if you had never face? said it, I would have been like... Yeah. Man, she's got such an important podcast. Yeah. Look at that microphone. She's yeah. got her shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, put it okay. back. Put it back. No, no, it's just you and me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're um, just, yeah, it's a little more intimate, uh, cozy <laughs> conversation now, and which is which is good because now that we're talking about sex. But um, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you with my. No, it's okay. Questions. I think I was. I think I was done on the on the top thing, but I do think tops two tops can date each other. I think that um, we should be a little bit more open with, or if you want to be open. Hmm. You know, I, mean, See, I think we're struggling here in this conversation because you and I are holding different definitions of tops, bottoms, and verses. Because I think that if you're a verse, you're automatically not a top. Like, how can you be? You could be a toppy verse, <laughs> but, but you know, if you're saying, my hat. Like, yeah, you can you can have two verses in a relationship because there's not going to be the the eternal power struggle. But if two people fundamentally identify as tops, then they're always going to be. And, you know, maybe that really just highlights the difference between identity and materiality because you can identify as a top all day, but if you are in practice not really bothered by being, by bottoming or <laughs> or being more flexible in that role, then. Or maybe you're just flexible and malleable and that's a really good quality as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, identity is so fluid, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what Gen Q is teaching us. And, and speaking of identity, um, <laughs> uh, one of the many identities that I've had is figuring out my topness. Uh, no, it's not in the book. Uh-huh, yeah. It's, it's not in the book. Um, but you did ask me about me being a shade, and I, yeah, I definitely was. I was not that great. was part of it. I was not great being for a, a while. Being a self-identified top was part of your shadeness. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. part of my shadeness, and I was. Yeah, I definitely wasn't great um, and really had to grow up and, you know, learn the hard way, which I do talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that has been um, a, uh, an identity struggle for me, too. I feel like um, the young lesbians put a lot of emphasis on tops, bottoms and verses and figuring out what you are. And so much of it is tied to like how long your hair is and yeah, exactly what character you embody on the L word. And like as an Alice myself, I can't say that um, I feel like I've solidly been like a bottom or verse. And I I think like learning to, to disidentify with bottoming has been like a really important part of my growth as a a woman like um like what is this um what is this attachment to this to this role um when versatility is really just like how things always end up for me in any kind of relationship that lasts more than a one night stand right 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 in 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 which situation I'm usually a top ironically (laughs) and you're like I'm really trying to embrace it all and Mm -hmm. this is what I keep falling into Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's our habits and that's, it's called breaking the cycle. <laughs> so break the cycle, Jocelyn. Oh, I did want to say something about what you, what you brought up about the Carmen stuff. And mm-hmm. I think the takeaway, which, um, yes, that was a long time ago, but that was a really important part of our lesbian agenda. Uh, okay. I do. I like, it's, it's really tough because while she is a hybrid, I think like the mm-hmm. big thing right now that I think 
casting is trying to focus on. It's just like giving more representation to those specific people for those roles because, you know, it's really hard when like, you know, for so long they would, you know, overlook people who were that identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just like why, you know, she's uh, this particular showrunner is like setting that in stone. It's just because like, there are just so many, I obviously know this was an existing character, which I think makes it a little bit more complicated versus, mm-hmm. you know, a new character that comes on board. But I think like Hollywood is like, okay, this new character, it's like, let's get like, we really want an Afro Latina and then they don't mm-hmm. do it. Right. And then, right. And then it becomes a problem. And so I think like, that's what's, what's happening. I think that's like, could be the, the, you know, the nice and kind of empowering takeaway. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I do, but yeah, but she was a character that already existed. And I know it's, it's sad because we all really, 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 really root for them. And, you know, you know, we can see how things unfold, but I think that's just kind of, I'm obviously not in this person's head, but I do, as I'm like, you know, seeing casting unfold and, and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I feel like that's, you know, what they're trying to do, which is, which is important, you know? Absolutely. And I appreciate the generosity of your take because I think you're right that the, um, it is important to have people cast in roles that they will, um, adequately represent. Like, I don't think that we should be performing, um, not that having an Iranian play a Mexican is anything like blackface, but in the same way that we we don't want to cast across racial lines in ways that would take roles away from someone who is actually that ethnicity or race. Um, or sexual and, identity, and, and which is the big thing. And I know you mentioned the Jennifer Beals thing. Yeah, it's not a lesbian. Right. And I think, like, going forward, though, you know, I think, especially with as new shows come out, people are like, well, let's, you know, let's really try. At least I've gone in for roles you know, when I go and audition and stuff, like I don't just mm-hmm. audition for roles that are queer, but it is nice that they're like, Oh, this person's queer. We, and we really want to try to make sure that, you know, it goes to a queer person. And I think people are making those strides. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like about not taking, it's, it's not like not giving someone opportunity. It's like not taking it away from someone else who, who deserves to, who, who can relate to that more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But the odd thing about it in this situation is that in taking Carmen off the show, we no longer have that representation of a, of a Latina lesbian. But in another sense, we also have Danny and Sophie. Well, Sophie, Sophie's, I think Sophie's Afro Latina. Right. So there's, um, different shades of Latina still being represented, although we're missing the, we're missing the, you know, Sarah Shahi's character. Yeah. We still have uh, Latina representation in a couple other characters. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, and then as the season series unfolds, we'll get, you know, hopefully get, you know, more representation. There's a lot of representation on the show, which I think is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and it's, yeah, it is crazy. Cause I do heavily talk about the L word. I mean, I don't talk about generation Q obviously just because mm-hmm. it wasn't really happening when I was it writing the book, yet. but, yeah. um, but the L word, um, really did shape. <laughs> I mean, I was watching it nonstop up until the point that my mom literally, I was, so I was living with my mom at the time when I was watching it mm-hmm. and I would just like hold myself up in my room and I have put my headphones in. I didn't think that she, I mean, I didn't think she knew what I was watching. 
Although, mm-hmm. wait, I say that, and then I literally told her I was watching it. So I'm, I'm an idiot. I always told on myself, and I always told my mom exactly what I was doing. And so I'd be like, I'm watching this show called The L Word. And she's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, my, my, friend, uh, my friend Karen really likes that show. Ooh. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, she goes, what do you think? And I was like, I think it's fine. You know, and then I'd go back <laughs> yeah. to my room. I'm not masturbating right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just not fine. Like filing these images away for later. Yeah, it's fine. no, I'm not normal. doing anything. Please stay out mm-hmm. here for as long as – please stay in the living room. Please stay in the living room. And I finally go – like we're, it's been like a couple of months and my mom, we were driving down the, down the street and she was like, she literally stopped the music and goes, Elizabeth, when are you going to stop diddling yourself all day and all night and just get yourself a woman? Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, like, body cringe. I was like, this is a fucking joke i was just like i'm 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 working on it you know um right <laughs> you think i'm not trying <laughs> yeah and that's how i always say that's how i came out to my mother but it's like that's how i was outed to my mother wow um but look yeah. at the support the um yes totally the support and not the codependence and lack of boundaries yeah <laughs> yes exactly it's very healthy mother-daughter relationship and not like best friends who are separated by 30 years yes exactly totally, no really normal yeah absolutely our relationship is very normal we don't have time to unpack that but if you do want to learn more you can read the book um, and it's worth it yeah thank you everyone with a mother will will want to <laughs> will want to read it great um or with the dad or without. Yeah, you have great dad passages too. Thanks. Yeah, but we didn't get to really yeah talk about your dad. I know. I know. And you have- I don't think we ever will because I think you have to go to, to rehearsal, right? At yeah, yeah, I gotta go. Unfortunately, oh, I know you have. Me. You had a whole list of questions, but um, I did, and here I was worried that the conversation wouldn't flow. I know. Like I don't us. know if we were recording when you were worried, but everyone, Jocelyn was worried we wouldn't flow. I told her we it's would because I'm hungover. It's, I was out until two in the morning. Because <laughs> you're having a good time. I never ever do that anymore. I'm not. I'm not a young thing. I don't drink the booze hall anymore. Well, it sounds just like you have tons of drugs, <laughs> <laughs> which can sometimes be just better. All around. Um, Less hangovers. Less hangovers. Well, okay. Well, I hope um, just from hearing us chat that people will want to read the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really appreciate you having me on. This was so much fun. Yeah, let's do it again. Sophie, it was great. Write another book and we'll do it again or we'll come out with something. I'm sure we can find an excuse to have another chat. This was fun. And I think uh, obviously there's a whole list of questions left unanswered. So we got to have to do it. Yeah, maybe we'll do a part two. And I love it. Okay, great. Well, you have a great rehearsal now. Work hard and do your best. I will. Am I allowed to plug some things? Yes, go for it. (laughs) Okay, so the book obviously comes out. The one you want to marry and other identities I've had. October 1st, um, you get on Amazon, you can get in your local bookstore. Um, and, uh, I also run the show, the lesbian agenda. Um, my personal handle is on Instagram, which is my main thing, Sophie E Santos. And then the lesbian agendas account is at the lesbian agenda show. Um, I don't know when this comes out, but my... Probably be out soon. Okay, great. So my New York launch for my book is October 1st. Um, Union Hall, you can check out my website for information. Um, or just check out my Instagram because I said that. Um, October 5th, I'll be in LA um, for my book launch there. And if you want even more, 
if you can't, if you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, God, I have to have more content. Um, <laughs> I do, uh, my standup, I do co comedic music. So I do have a Spotify and, um, you can check out my Spotify. It's just my name or all of my music. It's all through my Instagram, my Instagram, baby. That's just the way. So at Sophie E. Santos. And I'm going to be dropping more music because um, that's the next big project. I didn't even know you were a musician. I'm a musician too. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, Maybe man. we That whole conversation topic left on earth. Um, well, I'm following you right now. Hell yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. Well, thanks so much for your time. I had a great time talking to you and I, I know our great listeners loved it. And I hope um, everyone leaves lots of comments on um, on their take on whether or not Sarah Shahi should have come back as uh, Carmen and who's Endgame and also what you think of Sophie's excellent memoir. Thanks again. Thank and you. Yeah. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>